Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Our Generation, where we solve today's problems with the wisdom of the past. My name is Nick Jamel, the creator and the host of the podcast here and the blog at conversationforgeneration.com. And I'm excited to talk to you today about why stupidity doesn't explain everything. And I want to talk a little bit about why in our culture it seems like too many sensible people just will deny plausible uh, explanations for things and instead that that may be more nefarious that is and instead will opt for the more uh, the 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 stupidity claim and and I I just wonder what's going on there and I want to talk a little bit about that because I think it's important to recognize that that's happening a lot and there are serious problems that I think go without a real answer and we'll talk a little bit about a little bit about some of those and some actual conspiracies that have been nefarious and have actually happened and are well documented as well so that we can show that these things do happen and what I want to tell you a little bit more about before we hop into the quote of the week is that you can find me on conversationforgeneration.com like I mentioned earlier or conversationforgeneration.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this, go there to subscribe to the podcast pretty much wherever you find yours, but definitely on Spotify, Google Play, or Apple. And you can also go to Twitter at conofourgen and follow me there, or on facebook.com slash conversationofourgeneration. You can check that out as well. And follow me there. Definitely keeping in touch is helpful and getting feedback on all those places as well is great too so feel free to shoot me a message get involved in the conversation there and bring get others involved as well because I think the more people we have going back and forth on these ideas the better chance we have of getting to the truth as we get more perspectives more information and battle that out on in the marketplace of ideas and so <clears throat> The quote of the day is one that people use all the time (laughs) in favor of choosing stupidity, and it's Hanlon's Razor. It says, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity, and you'll hear it kind of modernized a little bit in the way it's said, but this is the basic of it, and so... What I don't understand here is, first of all, I don't necessarily think it's true. And also, this is, from the best evidence that I could see, it was <laughs> a joke written into a joke book in the 1800s is potentially where this came from. There's other sort on Wikipedia, I, I linked to the Wikipedia page so that in the show notes so you can check that out and see, but there's a good possibility that this was a joke written into a joke book and people based their evidence, uh, what, I guess, sort of their epistemology, their, uh, how much evidence they need for something to be malicious based on this. And it is also derived largely from another one, another razor, philosophical razor, which is, um, Occam's razor, which is very, very similar, uh, it says that um, when two explanations that account for all the facts, the simpler one is more likely to be correct. And 
I also think that that's a bad philosophical razor. And so it's already based on something that is pretty bad. I mean, there's lots of things that can probably have two explanations that are good. I mean, if you look at, for instance, the resurrection of Jesus, there's lots of other things that people propose besides the fact that he actually resurrected bodily. He resurrected spiritually, they'll say. he. Uh, it was a mass delusion from the 12 apostles plus the 500 people that saw him, shared dream, uh, alien, because that's always an option, <laughs> you know, and all these things. But really, and they might be able to explain a number of different things, but if you only had those other options and not the one that Jesus resurrected bodily because he's God, you didn't have that option on the table because of whatever reason, then you could go with one of those false options based on the evidence. And I would say that like a mass delirium would probably be the simplest one out of those. Well, we know that that now would be scientifically pretty much impossible. Yeah, it would, it doesn't ever happen that people have that, especially over the course of, you know, 40 days that he was around on earth. There's not a 40 day mass delusion type thing. And so we would say, yeah, that might be the simplest answer, but it's wrong. And same with here, J just because you uh, could adequately explain something with stupidity doesn't mean that there's not malice involved. <laughs> and and it's annoying to see that that's the case that so many people will just automatically go to revert to stupidity being the answer for everything. I think that the better way to look at searching for truth is to take Sherlock Holmes's approach which I guess we could call it Sherlock's razor, I guess. I don't know. But when you... <clears throat> Sorry. When you eliminate the impossible, all that you have left, however improbable, must be the truth. And I think that's how we should look at it, because that's the best way to actually understand what's going on. And so, as for these this kind of default that so many people have for Hanlon's razor, I think it's important to say both need to be proven, right? You, it, it's not, and I, and I will say, I, I'm going to point this out, in the past I have definitely used this and I do think that it is true that there are a lot of things that just people are being stupid and do. I'm not going to get out here and say that everything is malicious all the time. So just clearing that up. But I do think that just explaining everything away that way, especially when it's like every time government's involved, it's just stupidity. It's like, well, our government has done some pretty terrible things. I mean, we can look at Ruby Ridge, Waco, definitely lots of stupidity involved, but there was malice involved in both of those and ego involved. And, you know, while ego may not be the same as malice, there was... You know, the FBI and the ATF were feeling down on themselves and needed a win and were going to do everything they could to get that win. And you can look at the fact that we injected, you know, the I think it was the Tuskegee experiment where we were injecting uh, people with illnesses instead of vaccines like we said we were. We've I mean, we've done 
there have been bad <laughs> things in our past. We sterilized 20-some-odd thousand mentally handicapped and uh, and uh, people and inmates in the 1920s under Woodrow Wilson. So we've done really, really terrible things. So to say that everything we've ever done is just stupid, I don't think so. And so what I really want to talk about today is that idea and how we how we should look at it more in depth. And so before I dive into that, I want to take a quick break to tell you a little bit about Anchor. <clears throat> and so let's hop on back in here then. And what I kind of look at is I try to look at things in a charitable light and not assign motives. And so that said, eventually when evidence stacks up high enough, it's time to admit that what may appear accidental wasn't accidental. And to not allow people to just ask questions, but insist that they're conspiracy theorists, theorists if they do, is wrong. It's, it's not okay to shut down the search for truth through questioning and diving deeper and trying to understand really the whole story. And that's why today we're going to take a look at these real conspiracies that are known worldwide and some weird occurrences to see that or weird occurrences that you're not allowed to attribute malice to or even talk about or ask about. <clears throat> and so a few examples of conspiracies that we know about. <clears throat> the first one is the 9-11 attacks. Definitely a conspiracy. I remember watching reports. I was in first grade when it happened, but I do remember hearing people say that they thought it was an accident at first that, you know, obviously no one was trying to do that. No one was, it wasn't an, an intentional thing. And then as more and more news came out, you know, or I guess it was probably, I think it was really when the second one plane hit that it was obvious this was a coordinated effort and not, you know, uh, an accident. You know, you could see how maybe a drunk pilot or pilot falling asleep or whatever might hit, you know, a tall building, but the fact that two happened in one day and that, it, it was pretty obvious at that point that that was coordinated. And then obviously they, they took the plane down in Pennsylvania and the one hit the Pentagon. And so all those 9-11 attacks, you know, are, uh, well, it's an obvious conspiracy that was planned over a long time and eventually ended in whatever, however many deaths it was, like 3,000 plus deaths and really started a war. And so there's, now when I talk about conspiracy, I am not talking about necessarily like the U.S. government being involved. There was a conspiracy by Al-Qaeda to plan that. I mean, I've, I remember watching a documentary on this it was probably the 10th anniversary or something like that. So I would have been a little bit older, 2011, I would have been in like high school. And I watched it with my parents, or at least with my mom. And it was crazy to see how much they planned it. They were originally thinking about trying to hit like every nuclear power plant in the United States all at once and like 
hijack an, a bunch of planes and all and hit a couple other places and basically in one foul swoop cause even more mass chaos and panic all across the country and it was fairly successful in the, as a conspiracy the second one is Lincoln's assassination now obviously Lincoln was assassinated but and that took several people working together to get John Wilkes Booth into the right places and everything he needed and uh, Mary Surratt the first woman to ever be hanged was hanged because of this conspiracy but it wasn't just him they were going to take out General Ulysses S. Grant future president Ulysses S. Grant uh, I think they were going after Andrew Johnson the vice president and there was another like I think he was the Secretary of Treasury I'm trying to remember which cabinet member it was, but they went after another cabinet member as well, and maybe one other person, but I know it was those three and then a cabinet member, and they went after all of them, and Lincoln was the only one who died. The Something happened with, like, the cabinet member was an older man who, like, beat the man who tried to stab him with his walker or something like that, or, like, his cane, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But there's a crazy story. One of them, like, fended themselves off with something. And then I think the other two, the people got caught or something in the process. I don't know. Look into it. It's been a long time since I actually dove into this because, well, it's an intriguing part of American history, but I don't exactly remember the story, and it's not something you get to retell all the time. But definitely go in and look it up and see what, uh, in fact, I'll pull up a story here from at least the Wikipedia and see if we can put that in the show notes for you so that you have that as well but um, that's an obvious I think and it's well documented it's not super modern but I think it will give you a good and you know it's a good extra example I think of not just a one-off crazy person you know so I guess my point is when you ask questions about John F. Kennedy being assassinated or something like that or, you know, Reagan being shot or Pope John Paul II being shot, there's a lot of times where in the 20th century a communist would do something like that and everyone would just be like, oh, it's just a crazy communist person doing it by himself. And you know what? <laughs> That's not necessarily always the case and John Wilkes Booth is the perfect example of that. And then the last one is one that got mentioned a little bit ago, uh, at least the aftermath of it. And this is the crucifixion of Jesus. It is well documented that that is a conspiracy by certain uh, like Pharisees and Sadducees. It's not, you know, John's gospel talks about the Jews a lot in it. And it was the Jewish authorities who were afraid of another Messiah where, and it says in the Gospels a couple times where they have, forget, I think, I can't remember which of the high priests because they had two at the time because of weird things going on with how they worked stuff out with the Romans, but saying basically, uh, you know, would it be better that one man died than all of us perish, basically, and so they were like, we're just going to kill Jesus, this Messiah figure, because we don't want an uprising, and that gets 
quashed. Like what would happen about 35 years later in AD 70 when the Second Temple was destroyed and Rome just like smacked down a big rebellion that really was kind of it for <laughs> the, uh, for that, I guess after that the Jews were pretty much under their control. I mean, they, that rebellion failed tremendously. And so they were trying to stop that from happening and in doing so they said, we will hand over this man to be, uh, to be executed. And so they found a way to hold kind of this little mock trial that you hear of in the gospels. And he really doesn't even blaspheme. He, he just answers their questions and they take him up to Caesar to, and he's like, I don't see any problem with this guy. So he takes him out and flogs him and tries to give him back and be like, there you go. You know, he's learned his lesson. And so they keep the, they pack the crowd so that they keep saying crucify him, crucify him and get him crucified out of, uh, Pilate's kind of cowardice in the fact that he didn't want another rebellion because if he gets deposed and has another rebellion on his hands and stuff and has to get recalled to Rome, then he's either going to lose his job at best and potentially, you know, go to prison or, you know, for failing enough, just off with your head kind of thing. And so he's not looking forward to that sort of situation, so he goes ahead and calms the crowd. But that is another conspiracy. Definitely the most evil conspiracy because it resulted in deicide and the killing of God. But what we want to talk about now is there are events happening and, and I can think of, I have four here that are, I would say, pretty interesting. One is a very, very new thing, but I want to talk about them because I think it's important. <clears throat> and so the first one, actually, I guess two of them are new things. The first one that I really want to talk about is the Mandalay Bay shooting. Now, I don't know how long ago it was now. It was three, four years ago that Stephen Paddock supposedly took out two windows of Mandalay Bay, set up two shooting platforms, had a bunch of different types of guns and ammo and all sorts of stuff up in this room in order to fire down at a Jason Aldean concert. Now, if you believe that story, I have a bridge in Brooklyn for you because the questions that I have are, why is there one man knocking out two windows and setting up two shooting platforms and using different types of ammunition? And how are there videos of two people firing at, or, you know, two guns firing at the same time? How are there, why would there be, I mean, it's just, if there was one man doing it going back and forth and such and so on, it's incredibly inefficient, using two different calibers is unnecessary and not helpful. I mean, just switching back and forth between guns is not going to help them supposedly create maximum damage. Um, and there's just a lot of questions. Now, are there probable answers? I think that the fact 
the amount of guns and everything and the fact that he's kind of dropped off the map after working for defense contracting tells me that and the fact that I know that our government sells guns <laughs> through the CIA to bad people all over the world tells me that maybe, you know, because there was talk about him being CIA, maybe he was CIA doing that. Maybe he was some guy who was in that space and just went in business for himself as an arms dealer because he had a bunch of money that you don't just get by playing, you don't accrue that much money by just playing poker all the time. And it seems to me that he probably was in an a business that weighed on him because of the life that he led, the way that he acted, it seems to me that he had a guilty conscience, potentially. And I would say that selling guns to bad people to make a lot of money could give someone a guilty conscience. And I think that that evidence, just based on the fact that all those guns were there and all that, tells me that that was probably an arms deal that went awry or an arms deal that something, you know, something weird happened there. That's kind of, to me, I think a very likely explanation. And if we had more facts about the case, and instead of it being kind of memory hold, we might have more information on it. And I think that the fact that it's memory hold, at the time, I actually thought he was just a guy who worked at Lockheed, probably made some contacts in, you know, a nefarious business, because in defense contracting, you probably do run into nefarious people. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, what if he stole a bunch of guns one time and sold them to some Mexican cartel or some, you know, I mean, it was in the 90s. I mean, around that time we were arming people in El Salvador to revolt and that's what turned into MI6 basically for us. That's <laughs> So we do have that history of dealing with people in Central and South America who are bastards to be... Uh, easy on them, and I think that there's a possibility that that happened at the time. Now that our government investigated this supposedly and is not telling us anything about it, that to me, you could say that it's stupidity, but to me when the government doesn't tell you anything about something, including the biggest mass shooting in American history, it indicates to me that there's something there that they did wrong. And now that's probably stupidity, but the cover-up is malicious, and <laughs> it, the cover-up's always malicious. The initial action can be stupid, like when, you know, Nixon's team broke into the Watergate, stupid. He didn't know about it, stupid. Bad decision and malicious, malicious decision, cover it up. Actually, that first one was probably, for him, stupid, because... <laughs> He decided to cover up something that he didn't know about instead of just saying, hey, my team did something stupid, everybody, and to, like, throw those people under the bus. That would have been smart. But the Mandalay Bay shooting is something that we still don't know what the heck happened. And it's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy story with a lot of gaps, and no one can tell you what the whole story is. The next one is the explosion in Beirut, and this is a new and fresh one, so I'm not going to harp on it too much, but when that happened, I, w I was looking at articles to find here. I found one that says, it's from NPR, and it says that it's a sign of the country's collapse, that it's an accident. And so it says, so it may seem hard to believe that the biggest blast of them all 
the one at the Beirut port on Tuesday, they mentioned a few other uh, incidences in Beirut in the last 20 years, uh, which killed some 150 people, wounded thousands, and caused destruction across half the city was an accident, possibly the outcome of neglect on a massive, massive scale. And it says, but what signs point to now? Officials have launched an investigation looking at the port warehouse that had held 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, a chemical used for fertilizer and as an ingredient in bombs. It has fueled many explosions around the world, both accidental and intentional. And I'm 90, 99% sure, I could be wrong, that this is what like Timothy McVeigh used in the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, it's a common thing because it is used as a, kind of like an agri like industrial agricultural agriculture uh, version of fertilizer. So this isn't like the stuff that you get at Lowe's for your backyard garden. I don't think uh, it's stuff that you have to get to like spread on big cornfields. I could be wrong, but I don't think that it comes because normally if you get just backyard stuff. I don't think they even give you like nitrogen only. I think they always do nitrogen and potassium or, you know, something like that. They, they kind of mix the, the ratio of the uh, fertilizer chemicals for you. So that said, 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate sitting in a port in the middle of a city. And if you look at the city there pre-explosion, there's literally not a a tree in sight or any agriculture happening there and I don't understand why that would be the case and it also the other thing that I would point out is there was obviously like flare type things going out that you know wasn't just random fertilizer burning off and shooting over it was they said it was fireworks and I was like well, I don't know about that but it could be flares and there's some stuff if you look in some videos that look like gunshots or something like that going off and I think it's pretty obvious that this was something nefarious going on there now was the attack nefarious I don't know but I think it's pretty obvious that something bad was happening in this area or not bad but that this is some sort of military installation, something like that, and they're going to act like this is just some random accident that happened. At first, I kind of thought it might be when they first said it was a fireworks factory, and I don't know what this thing is that's halfway across the world for me. I was like, oh, maybe it was a gas leak and a fire factory and a fire started, and then something happened and a gas, you know, natural gas caught. It's by a port. There might be a bunch of oil in the port, and boom. But it looks to me like something odd happened. I don't know what. And I, I just, it just seems to me that <laughs> to just already write this off three days later and just trust whoever in the Lebanese government, which is run by Hamas, is telling you the truth is silly and naive. And <laughs> we should at least not rule out maliciousness from a government that is run by terrorists. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should kind of ask a couple more questions first. That's all I'm saying. The next one is Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's question, uh, 
connections, sorry. And this is one where I think there are a couple people, two people I can think of in particular, but others that just kind of got connected with them sometimes because when you kind of run in that powerful circle, everyone runs together. They, you just, you know everybody. And I think that Alan Dershowitz and Donald Trump, based on reading the book that I read that I linked to in the show notes, did get the raw end of the deal on this because Epstein was connected with a lot of major players and, you know, he used Mar-a-Lago as his club and then got kicked out of it as soon as Trump found out he was recruiting girls to, like, for whatever his parties were. He kind of knew that he was a sleazy guy, but, you know, and you can tell that based on his some of his comments in the past, but he, as soon as something started happening where that he could push back on it, he did. And Alan Dershowitz is his defense attorney, and it seems to me that he just was his defense attorney. The allegations that the one girl made, she also made some against like Prince Andrew. He had, in the story at least, it seemed like he alibied out for everything that she said he was there for. And so, you know, those two. But everyone else is... I mean, up Shit's Creek without a paddle, <laughs> to be totally honest, because there's a lot of evidence for a lot of people and flight logs and all that stuff, and they have, I, I mean, as soon as a couple people start getting in trouble, do they start, do they start flipping some people? I, I don't know. And so, and with how many people are involved in this, it's pretty crazy. And so... I think that there are a lot of connections there that are not innocent and people will try to play it off like it is. And I think you have to assume assume malice until you can prove stupidity with anyone who's connected with Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. You just can't believe them. I mean, they're all big lying fraudsters who for I don't know how long have remained in incredibly powerful positions by lying and cheating and everything like that. So I would not believe them one bit. And then this leads into the new controversy over the Trolls doll from Hasbro. With all of this stuff going on, with the fact that we know that Epstein is doing what he's doing, Pornhub is allowing for child porn to be put on there, and there's more and more human trafficking of younger and younger people happening all the time this Trolls doll comes out that has a button on its stomach that you push, and that's, you know, kind of what you normally do. I would rather that it's, like, a button on the hand, you know, because still it's kind of weird to be pushing people's bellies all the time, although it is funny to do that to someone and call them the Pillsbury Doughboy. It is fat shaming, but it is funny. And <laughs> the, uh, but this Trolls doll has another button in its crotch area, that she makes weird sounds, very sexualized sounds, if you hear them, when it's touched. And a mom, a couple moms I've seen, make made videos about this saying that, you know, it seems like there's grooming happening uh, based on this. And, I mean, I know how much... <laughs> work goes into releasing a product and how many people are involved and I can 
I cannot imagine that no one said, hey, by the way, this is a really silly thing that we should, we're doing here. This is gross. Like, this is, like, how, how did you idiots not see this? Like, this is ridiculous. And the fact that no one supposedly said that tells me that there's something weird here. It just gets under my skin in a weird way, not in a, you know, we're trying to groom a whole generation of children to be susceptible to pedophiles. I, I, you know, I'm not extreme, but I think there's something weird, and I don't think it's just a pure accident. <laughs> and I, and there's been talk for a while now of more and more people trying to normalize pedophilia and trying to say that it's okay and it's a growing thing. And so it's not totally out of the realm for me at this point. I, I I would say five years ago, I would have said, that's a crazy talk. It's just a weird, you know, thing that no one caught. But now I can't say that anymore. I just, I just think that it's naivety to say that. And so these are several things that I guess aren't totally a conspiracy in this normal way of looking at it, but it seems to me that there are a lot of questions around this and a lot of possibility for malice on these four things that I brought up with most people's intention, with most people, excuse me, with most people involved intentions on this. Like most people, I think, who played a role in Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's world and whatever happened at the explosion in Beirut, whatever happened in the Mandalay Bay shooting in the cover-up, whatever happened with this Trolls doll. Those are just four examples of things that I think a lot of people within it had malicious intent. Not necessarily everyone, but a good number of people. And if you can point to those four, aren't, I mean, there's others too I could have pointed to, but I need to keep this podcast to a certain length. And so I just want to call that out and just say, you can ask questions and search for truth without being a conspiracy nut and also not just saying, oh, everyone's just stupid all the time and bumbling through life because there is middle ground and there are evil people. And if you look at what people like Stalin and Hitler were able to do, it was the people who were probably sensible and good who didn't catch the evil in these inten- in their intentions early. And so I think that we need to be on the nose and making sure that the people who are evil in our culture are getting called out and being just having the spotlight shine on them so that people know to not allow that to happen anymore. And so thank you for listening to this episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. You can check me out on conversationofourgeneration.com slash podcast to learn more about the podcast and where you can subscribe twitter at con of our gen facebook.com slash conversation of our generation and thank you for listening to this episode of the conversation of our generation let's get the dialogue going i'll talk to you next week